The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Podcast, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's episode, these days it's especially important to keep our teeth and gums in good health and free from decay and germs. We'll dive into the latest in complete oral health care to make sure you've got a clean mouth and a pearly white smile. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town. But first up, Dr. Brian Davey is a fellow with the American Academy of Systemic Health, a Live Well San Diego partner, and operates a dental practice in northern San Diego. And Dr. Davey is one of the first in the San Diego area to offer a comprehensive approach to patient health care, bridging the gap between medicine and dentistry. I love this. Dr. Davey, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yes. Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to today's show Sure. Uh, so our mission is to make San Diego the number one healthiest city in the U.S. And uh, we're going to accomplish this mission by working with the community, our, my fellow dentists and medical colleagues to educate the public about the health of your mouth and it, how it affects the health of your body. Uh, a healthy body starts with a disease-free mouth. You can't have an entirely healthy body if you have disease and inflammation in your mouth. And so that is, that's our philosophy of care. And if we can support a healthy mouth, we're going to support a healthy body, a healthy immune system, healthy heart, healthy brain, so that people can live a long, well life. Wonderful. I'm on. I'm on board. Uh, we are really, I, I think it's fascinating and that you really are working with the medical community in this. But what fascinates me even more is how many diseases are tied into the health or non-health of our mouth. How, let's talk about that. Sure. A lot of people don't realize that poor dental health is linked to a number of different health problems. We know that there's a link between uh, cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease with, uh, with periodontal disease. Uh, we also know there's a three times uh, increased risk of stroke when you have gum disease. Uh, it increases your risks for head and neck cancer. Uh, we see um, people with uh, sleep problems showing up in their mouth or signs of, of disordered uh, sleep. Uh, we also know that having gum disease doubles your risk for heart disease. Uh, it affects your body's ability to maintain uh, control over your blood sugars. And uh, we also know that it increases your risk for a number of other cancers, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, um, and it, it contributes to the rising healthcare dollars. Which you have some numbers, which uh, I think are amazing as well. Let's uh, talk a little bit about, first and foremost, when you do go back to the dentist and you, when you are seeing these gums, what does a healthy gum look like versus a non-healthy gum? Sure, so, uh, you know, we stare at mouths all day, yeah. so it's a little more apparent. But a, a healthy mouth, obviously, uh, our patients who are able to remove all the plaque off of their teeth, but healthy gums are, are this nice coral pink color, um, and they don't bleed when you brush them or floss them, and they shouldn't be painful or tender. And oftentimes, um, I remember you saying that it's often when it's too late, when that starts to happen, that the disease has already made its way in. Right, It's we were saying uh, it's a... a kind of good and a bad thing, but uh, I look at it. Unfortunately, gum disease is a painless disease until it gets to the most advanced stages. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't realize that, uh, that they have gum disease. 
they might think that, oh, I just have a little bit of bleeding when I brush or floss. It, it's not particularly painful to get more advanced stage, but any type of bleeding or uh, when you brush or floss, that is an indication of gum disease. Wow. So what can we do? You obviously are, are advocating hump cleanings. How many times should we be going for teeth cleaning? So everybody's care is individualized. And so it's a, the, your dentist and hygienist work together as a team to come up with a regimen that's going to keep you healthy and event-free. So um, some people are more predisposed to gum disease. There is a genetic factor. There's how well you take care of your teeth and what you eat all affect your uh, risk factor for developing disease. So patients who have uh, more pre-existing conditions, we're going to want to see them every three to four months. Um, from a microbiology standpoint, gum disease uh, sets in every three to four months, the bad actors of the, the mouth start to show up. And so that's when we really want to start to break up all the bacterial colonies and make sure that we're promoting normal, healthy bacteria. And um, so some patients can actually go six months uh, between cleanings. Those are typically patients with low genetic risk, few uh, underlying health conditions, and they happen to be, you know, world champion and uh, brushing and flossing. And when they tell you they they floss every day, they they actually are. Oh, <laughs> you believe in it, but you can see it there, though. Back up. It's a like dental confession sometimes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I bet you hear it all, don't you? And Dear you see father, it all. it's been two months since I flossed. <laughs> Oh, well, I feel like I just said that to you not too long ago. <laughs> but you, you uh, back up a moment because you also have talk about what is complete oral health when you, when you marry into the medical profession as well. What yeah, is so um, you know we have a what we call a healthy mouth baseline. So there's a lot of people don't even realize what what it means to have a healthy mouth. So a healthy mouth is uh, healthy gums are free from bleeding gums. Uh, pocketing, gum recession, bad breath, or looser shifting teeth. Uh, a healthy mouth means teeth are free from decay, infection, broken or leaky fillings, worn teeth, or unhealthy spaces between your teeth. Uh, a healthy bite uh, means you're free from crooked teeth, or pain or sensitive uh, in sensitivity in your jaw joint, um, excessive wear, or even uh, temperature sensitivity. And then also oral health means freedom from unhappiness from your, your smile. Um, uh, it also means freedom from cancerous or precancerous lesions that we'll see in the mouth. Um, it also means freedom from sleep apnea or snoring uh, and dry mouth or other breathing problems. So those are the standards of what a, what a healthy mouth is. And, uh, you know, if you ask people on the street, what does it mean to have a healthy mouth? They're like, oh, that clean kind of slick feeling when you get your teeth cleaned or you just had, you know, a minty chewing gum. But... It's, it's, uh, it's definitely more involved than that, and your, your dentist and your hygienist can work together to help you maintain uh, a healthy mouth. I think that's great um, that it really, the education behind learning about how the gum disease leads to other diseases um, and maintaining that healthy mouth. Um, walk me through a little bit about how when you first have a patient that uh, is new and you find out about their, old, their history, not just their oral history, but their medical history. Sure. So our uh, new patient visit starts off with a really thorough medical history. And so we want to know what patients have had in their medical history, if they have something current medical problem, something they've had, or even what they might have a family history of. Uh, there's definitely a genetic link between uh, gum disease. Uh, there's also genetic links with heart disease, with uh, Alzheimer's and a number of other health problems. 
And we want to make sure that the patients that have a family history, that we're aware of that, and so that we're even more cautious with those patients and keeping them on a good, healthy regimen. And you uh, also try to reach out to their medical, their yeah, primary? Yeah, absolutely. It's on our medical questionnaire. You know, we uh, want to know who their primary care physician is. So as we're gathering findings and people are coming in for the routine care, we can also give that information back to their primary care uh, doctor so they're aware uh, that, let's say, a patient has gum disease and diabetes. Their primary care doctor wants to know, uh, but it, they might be struggling uh, with a patient to help them maintain their, their blood sugar, and, and they're, they're doing everything they can medically, and they're still not accomplishing it. And then they go, oh, their gum disease is out of control, and we get, we help get the gum disease in control. We are able to help support our our medical colleagues in helping the patient maintain their good um, sugar levels. I love that it's you are educating them. Talk a little bit about um, how gingivitis is linked to um, gut gut health, which I you know you don't really think about that. Right. So, so that's been a you know hot topic in health over the past you know six months or a year or so. You know, good gut health promotes you know, a healthy body. Um, the gut actually starts as soon as you pass through the lips. That's the first uh, place in our, in our gut. And there's normal healthy bacteria and there's harmful bacteria. And we really want to promote an environment, they, they call it the microbiome, which is the, the bacterial colonies that live in your mouth. And we, we want normal healthy bacteria. We don't want to eliminate all bacteria. And so um, a healthy microbiome helps support a healthy mouth. Uh, a study recently came out that connected periodontal disease to irritable bowel syndrome. So we know that when you have bacteria in your mouth, the bad actors, and you have gum disease, um, you're swallowing those bacteria that goes into your gut and that can complicate other, other problems. Obviously, a lot more research needs to go into it, but it makes sense that if we have gum disease and you have high levels of bad bacteria, it's going to affect your gut because we know it affects your heart, mm-hmm. affects your brain, and... Talk about the, um, when you're talking about the brain, the blood-brain barrier, too, and how those white cells are. Yeah, so we know that uh, there's a number of different bacteria in gum disease that are now associated with Alzheimer's. Um, These bacteria are able to evade the immune system, and some of them kind of hitchhike along with the white blood cells. And so the white blood cells are able to pass through the blood-brain barrier uh, with these bacteria inside them, and... They're finding in, and it was actually in an animal study, whole bacteria from gum disease in the brains of Alzheimer's patients or Alzheimer's animals in this particular study and not in the brains of the, the animals that did not have gum disease. Really? So wow. I know there's a strong association. We're just not exactly sure of all the mechanisms just yet, but uh, I can tell you that in my family, we want to make sure that nobody has these type of bad bacteria just because... You know, we want to have support a healthy brain as we get older. Right. And again, um, just that correlation between the two is, is fascinating. And if you can prevent the preventable is what you always say. Yep. We want to prevent the preventable. We know, we know, we don't know the exact causes and exactly how these are all correlated, but we do know that a lot of chronic illnesses that we have are related to inflammation. And we know that periodontal disease is linked to systemic inflammation and um, periodontal disease is directly linked to arterial inflammation. So we've got 30,000 miles of our arteries all over our body and all our organs, including our heart and our brain. And if those are inflamed, there, there can be problems. 
And so talk about what we as patients can do at home or before we come to see you and we feel like, uh oh, my, my gums are bleeding and what can we do to help? Well, being honest is a good one. A lot of people go for the emergency flossing the day before their, right? their dental visit, and we can tell, by the way. Uh, there's the true <laughs> um, profession. Sure. But, you know, at, at home, obviously, we want uh, to support our patients to brush twice a day for two minutes. Um, that's about the time it takes to remove all the plaque off of our, off of our teeth, um, as well as at least flossing once a day. That way you get the bacteria you know, in between the teeth and blow the gums in between your teeth and breaking up those bacteria. Um, you know, there's some over-the-counter rinses that you can use that are that are, are helpful. Um, you definitely want to make sure that we're um, staying away from a, a traditional mouth rinses that have alcohol in them. So there's alcohol-free mouth rinses mm. uh, that you can use that help reduce the amount of bacteria. Um, and then you can also, there's some things that you can get from your dentist in addition to brushing and flossing, because as we get older, things change, and um, we know that as we age, it's correlated with the amount of people that have gum disease. So, you know, 50% of 50-year-olds, we're going to have some form of gum disease, and brushing and flossing might not be enough to prevent that. So, you know, working with your dentist and your hygienist, there's some extra tools you can use, interdental cleaners to help uh, get in between the teeth where floss might not be able to get to. And uh, if you really want to prevent gum disease or if you want to um, keep gum disease from coming back, there's something called Peroprotect trays. It's a, a custom-made tray where we put medicine in. It's a hydrogen peroxide gel that kills the bacteria that are associated with gum disease and are also related to Alzheimer's, heart attack, stroke, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And if we can, and so those trays, you just wear them... Uh, once a day? Or? Yeah, they're similar to, to a bleaching tray that people are pretty familiar with. They're custom made that match the, your periodontal pockets. And you put the periodontal gel in there and you wear it for 15 minutes. It'll kill the bacteria. It promotes normal, healthy bacteria. Love the oxygen and the, the bad bacteria don't. And, uh, and your teeth might get a little whiter at the same time. That's not a bad as thing. As a bonus. Yeah, right. Um, what other um, kind of, I don't know, diseases we've talked a little bit about, um, the gut health and diabetes, sugar, um, the intake, like what, what can we, what should we not be drinking sodas and, you know, to kind of help this along as well. Sure. So overall health is, you know, proper nutrition and, and diet. And, um, obviously we get too much sugar in our system. Um, our, our food supply is hidden, a lot of hidden sugars. So we say if it comes in a box, a can or a bag, there's a good chance that there's some hidden sugars in there. So. Um, obviously, limiting the amount of um, sugary drinks uh, is really important for preventing diabetes and metabolic syndrome, but also protecting your, your oral health. Because when you eat or drink, your bacteria also. And so they're eating what you eat, mm -hmm. and they create um, their metabolic byproduct as acid and also toxins. And so we, wanna, we don't really want to be feeding them high sugar diet because bacteria love it. Yeah, and then, then they go to work with all the bad things. Um, heart disease, you've talked about, uh, gut health. You've talked a little bit about diabetes. Um, what about heart disease? How can this help? And what so, do you have statistics? So, um, if you have gum disease, you're twice as likely to die from, from heart disease. So it's a pretty serious connection. And, uh, uh, an article came out in the British medical journal where they actually showed, um, how the bacteria affect our arteries. Mm. 
and um, they will oral bacteria are found whole bacteria in the walls of the arteries that creates um, the everybody's heard of like plaque in your arteries mm -hmm. so the oral bacteria are associated with that can make plaques worse they can actually make the plaques more unstable and when a plaque breaks in your artery if it happens in your heart it can cause a clot and that's a heart attack or if it happens in your brain it's a stroke wow. and so by reducing the amount of bad bacteria in your in your mouth you can lower systemic inflammation lower arterial inflammation and uh, therefore hopefully lower your risk for for heart attack and stroke so you know work with your your medical doctor and your dentist to keep your arteries cool if your arteries are cool you will not have a heart attack or a stroke I was going to say that's a shocking headline there right. with the, um, the with that correlation. But again, the plaque also can correlate into our brains, which would turn into Alzheimer's, which you've been talking about as well. Just that bad plaque. That sure, bad. that's the. Uh, we know that there's a, a handful of bacteria that are are associated with with Alzheimer's, um, the either directly or indirectly relating to the the inflammation that's that's caused by that. Um, bacteria can make it into the brain. They're they're their byproducts, the proteins that the, the bacteria make can make it into the brain and that stimulates uh, inflammation and that inflammation can damage the, the neurons and, and that's where they think the, uh, one of the links with gum disease and Alzheimer's. Wow. Um, just, to, again, caring for your mouth and where it starts from. You also talk um, to other dentists and others in the medical profession about just staying active with making sure the health of your mouth. Uh, it's... It's really your passion. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's been a disconnect with dentistry and medicine. We don't really talk to each other very much. We share the same patients. We're, we're fighting the same fight against inflammation and, and disease, but we just don't happen to talk. And uh, so we've really, uh, my, my mission is to, to bridge that gap between dentistry and medicine. If I can educate more dentists about the oral systemic connection and and then being involved in the American Academy of Oral Systemic Health has really been a big part of that. And, um, and then trying to bring the medical community into understanding um, the, the connection. They, they want to participate. It's just, you know, their job's tough, too. They're seeing lots of patients. But the more dentists and, and physicians can talk about their patients, we can work together to keep them healthy. And I think that's wonderful. The other thing you mentioned before is by clearing out and making sure that bacteria is cleared, then less hospital visits. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We, we do know that um, there's increased hospitalization when, when patients have untreated gum disease. Um, patients with diabetes, um, there's a 40% increase in, in yearly hospital admissions on patients with un, unchecked diabetes and unchecked uh, gum disease. Great. Um, saving some money there, too. This is such great information. Right now we have to take a quick break, but uh, more in a minute. Don't go away. We will be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. 
the first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market podcast. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for podcast and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Brian Davey. And we're talking about complete oral health care and how when it starts in your mouth, you can really... It, it can be attributed to so many different diseases. Um, something we have not spoken about yet is sleep apnea. Uh, talk to me about how you can spot that. What happens when you're at the dentist? Sure. So, you know, obviously as a dentist, we're, we're living in your, your airway. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in for your cleaning, we're an hour, and we get a good chance to really take a good look at, at everybody's airway. And also signs of, of sleep apnea can show up in your teeth. Certain wear patterns uh, start making our uh, our thought process, our brain get moving in, into asking questions with the patient. Uh, patients that have sleep apnea, untreated sleep apnea, or even patients that snore, you will grind your teeth at some point during that whole sleep cycle. So definitely uh, tooth wear is a big uh, caution flag that we want to start asking about it. Also, we're looking at people's tongues. Uh, you know, the shape of a person's tongue, uh, the position of the tongue in their mouth is uh, affects your airway. And then actually physically looking at the, the back of your throat, we uh, take a look at the airway. And sometimes we don't see the airway. The tongue is really high. The, the people might have tonsils and you don't see an airway. And then that gets the questions going with patients like, how's your quality of sleep? How's your quantity of, of sleep? Do you, if you sleep six to eight hours, are you, do you feel rested? Uh, patients that have uh, sleep disordered breathing, either snoring or sleep apnea, they might get six, eight hours asleep, but they are not rested. They're tired all day. They might doze off at their computer or maybe even at a, at a stoplight, a long stoplight. Um, you know, I've had sleep apnea patients say, yeah, I would, coming home from work after a long day, I'm tired. I'd stop at the stoplight and somebody to honk at me and I'd realize I dozed off. So, um, one of the risks for untreated sleep apnea is motor vehicle accidents. Mm. So your untreated uh, sleep apnea, four times increased risk for a motor vehicle accident. Wow. So uh, when we see these signs and symptoms and we ask questions, and then we also get to cheat too. We can ask uh, spouses and significant others about our, our patients, if they're both patients of ours, um, about their quality of sleep. And then usually they rat out their their spouse and say, well, my quality of sleep's terrible because my significant other is snoring. And, and uh, you know, our, our body needs good sleep to heal, heal our body, heal our brain. It reduces inflammation. Um, so that's part of our overall mission. When you come to our office, it's one of the things that we're screening for. Well, that's great. And again, um, it's something I really would never have thought about that when you go to the dentist, and now all of a sudden you're talking about sleep apnea. So that's, that's great. It is overall your, your health of your mouth. Um, let's talk a little bit. Oh, grinding. We didn't really talk about when you see the grinding. How, what, I know I'm a, I clench my teeth, and I'm thinking about everything that needs to go on. And so can you, is there any way other than you put a device in? Well, or unfortunately, we don't have a, a cure for, for, for teeth grinding. 
and Turn your we, brain off. <laughs> uh, you'll see me in the Caymans when I figure it out. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so unfortunately, we live in a very stressful world these yeah. days. Um, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I'm seeing so many people clenching and grinding um, their teeth right now. They're just people are under a lot of stress. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have like a magic cure for it. So what we do is we want to minimize the the impact or the risks from the clinching and grinding. So there's a lot of different types of night guards that you can make for people. And um, usually we can find one that, that will work for them. Um, not every night guard is a cookie cutter, works for every patient. So, you know, you have to find something that works. Um, but also we want to rule out, um, you know, snoring and sleep apnea because that's definitely one of the, the causes of clinching and grinding. And um, so we... You know, if you have unchecked clinching or grinding at night, you can put enough force on your teeth to, to crack and break teeth. And, mm. and when we were closed down to just seeing emergency patients, we, we saw a lot of broken teeth. Really? Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was actually kind of shocking just to see. And people are like, yeah, I'm stressed. You know, this is mm. under a lot of pressure. So we're really, really feeling for them. And obviously, we want to fix their teeth. And then a good doctor doesn't just fix the problem. We want to prevent future problems prevent the preventable. And so and even on that note, because it is interesting about the broken teeth, but you did stay open during the p- pandemic for emergency cases. And one thing that I remember you saying was we're open because we want to keep them out of the hospitals. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been a phase. Initially, we were closed down to only seeing emergencies. And, and the goal of uh, keeping dental offices open for just emergencies is really to keep patients out of the emergency room for, at the hospital. Um, even now the last place that you really want to go unless you have to is the emergency room, right? That's where, you know, sick people are, are headed and patients with COVID. So we want to avoid that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my brother's an emergency room doctor and he says, if you show up with a dental problem, you know, pretty much you're going to get pain medicine and antibiotics. They can't do a whole lot for you. So, um, we were, um, grateful that we were allowed to stay open to treat emergency patients. And we, uh, saw a lot of people that had asymptomatic dental issues that they knew about before the pandemic. And then while we're shut down, all of a sudden it's not so asymptomatic anymore. And so we were able to treat a lot of people. I want to ask you about the precautions that patients are, you're taking with your patients when they return, but really quickly, you mentioned that your brother's an ER doctor. Sure. So the conversation between the two of you, that's really interesting um, because your whole passion is about bridging the gap between medical and dental community. How is that going overall getting the medical community around. I would say it's going slow but you, myself and my colleagues who are practicing this way we're, we're committed and um, you know healthcare has got its challenges and I really feel for my medical colleagues they're under a lot of pressure they have to see lots and lots of patients in a very short amount of time and and also when you go to medical school the dental training for them is very is very minimal hmm. and um, so if we can support them and in, in providing them the information so that they have that, they can tie that into their, their medical care for, for them. But it's, it's going slow, uh, but it's going. And uh, you're starting conversations. In the general public, people are starting to be more aware about the oral systemic connection. You know, 10 years ago when I first started this conversation, people were like, what? <laughs> like, no, that's, I don't, I don't really know too much about it. And now, you know, physicians are mentioning it at their, their exams, you know, hey, make sure you see your dentist and, uh, so we're making good forward progress. That's good. Um, but you were, you were talking about, um, obviously, we're in a pandemic, and we want to um, let the community know that dentistry, we've taken a lot of steps to make it safe. Okay. So 
we are, you know, safety of our patients and of our, our dental team is, is our number one priority. So we put in a lot of steps. We've uh, obviously, we pre-screen our patients before they come in. We're u- utilizing teledentistry. So, you know, you can text with your doctor, you can send photos back and forth, and we can really triage and screen patients before they even have to come in and encounter other, other people. Um, we've reduced uh, the capacity of the waiting rooms. We call it a no-wait waiting room. You know, we used to have like eight or 10 chairs. Now we have two chairs. <laughs> um, but ultimately the goal is that we don't have people in the waiting room. They come in, we've staggered the schedules to not have patients showing up at the same time and leaving at the same time. Um, so that helps. And obviously social distancing within the office. And you'll see the screens up, um, you know, the plastic shields everywhere that in the first part of the office before you get to the back office. Uh, we have a whole screening form that patients fill out to make sure that we're only treating uh, asymptomatic, healthy patients. Uh, every staff member and every patient gets their temperature taken before they cross the barrier to the back of the office. All those steps are designed to reduce risk. Um, you know, obviously, there's hand sanitizer at every nook and cranny and corner of our office. You even hand those out, too. Yeah, we, <laughs> yes, we were handing. Don't tell everybody because they'll come to our office. But we have a little, <laughs> little two-ounce... Uh, uh, hand sanitizer that we give out to our patients. Um, we also uh, obviously upgraded our PPE. You know, that's a big, everybody hearing about PPE and PPP and um, in the world these days. But uh, we've upgraded from pre-pandemic to what we wear now. Every one of our, our team members wears an N95 mask, has a face shield, head cover, uh, disposable gowns and gloves that all get, get changed before we're on to the next patient. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, avoid any kind of cross-contamination. Uh, we've installed uh, medical air purifiers in every room. Uh, that f- that uh, filter size is smaller than the virus, so that the virus gets, if it happened to be floating in the air, every five minutes the room air is being purified. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then also we've introduced some a- additional um, instruments uh, and machines, so to speak, in the office that help um, with suctioning up any aerosols that get created. So we're really every, all these layers are mitigating the risks of, of COVID uh, so much so that MIT uh, designated in, in a study that it, we're the second safest place um, in the reopening of America to go to. Is it a dentist office? So that's, um, that's really interesting. I, I guess, um, as you were mentioning everything, all the precautions you guys are, are doing, what are some questions patients should ask their dentist before they go back and general questions um that you know you just want to make sure that they're uh the ada the cda uh, cdc they spelled out some pretty specific guidelines uh, there was the ada put a return to work toolkit mm-hmm. and um so those i would say most dentists are, are utilizing those return to work toolkits um further criteria. So you just want to make sure um, that your dentist is aware of all of the, the regulations. Um, during the pandemic, when we were closed for emergencies, they were changing weekly. They, and sometimes yeah. I get an email at 11 o'clock at night for a regulation change for the, for the morning. So, mm. you know, just to make sure uh, they're on top of their game. You know, the San Diego Dental Society's really um, worked hard to educate our patients, uh, excuse me, our teams on... Um, how to wear protective equipment, you know, so there's, it, 
luckily for dentistry, we've been practicing universal uh, precautions and bloodborne precautions for a long time. Um, and now we're adding the aerosol precautions. And it was it was a jump, but it wasn't a huge jump for us. You know, we're already used to wearing a lot of protective equipment when we're working because we're working in patients' mouths. Right. And um, we we practice to the standard that even though we're trying to screen patients that are asymptomatic and healthy, we still pretend that everybody has COVID. Hmm. So our standard is if you think that everybody that has COVID, then we're going to be super careful because nobody wants to get it. So if we practice like everybody has it, we don't want to contaminate our rooms. <clears throat> we don't want to contaminate each other. Hmm. And that way we're able to, to keep a super high standard. And that's why it's, it's safe to go back to the dentist. That's kind of the, your headline right there is that you, you practice thinking that people have COVID and so you'll take all those precautions. And we want to take all the precautions possible. And, um, when you're playing the game at that high level, uh, then we're pretty confident in, in our protocols that it's, it's time to come back to the dentist. Your oral health is not elective. Mm. Um, your oral health, if left untreated, you're going to develop disease. And, and these diseases have downrange effects to your overall health. So it's, um, you know, it's definitely not optional type care, whether you just don't go. And, but so some people are, you know, we're, people are coming back and people are ready to get their mouth healthy. And of course, there's some people that still have some fear and that's okay. And um, everybody's got their, their own level where they're at and to be comfortable. Well, I appreciate you spending a little bit of time and telling us about those precautions. Um, Again, going back to self-care, what we can do at home, what are some, uh, I don't know that you can recommend, but what are several toothpastes that um, you prefer? Sure. So like people walk down the aisles at the grocery store and there's like a million different choices out there. Um, I don't have a personal individual recommendation, but just a, a toothpaste that has fluoride in it. That's your number one thing. So some, you really want to avoid using like a whitening toothpaste because um, they're abrasive. So if you look at it under a microscope, it looks like sandpaper. Oh, wow. So a whitening toothpaste just really is this kind of uh, extra grit that's polishing off surface stains. It doesn't truly whiten, whiten your teeth. Um, also, I'm not a big fan of like tartar controlled um, toothpaste because that has uh, materials in it that pulls the calcium out. And we want calcium is something good. It, it uh, helps protect our teeth. Um, so basically just any toothpaste that has fluoride in it, avoid all the extra fancy stuff. Um, so yeah, those are, those are that would be my tools. recommendation. I, I wanted to hear it from you. Uh, what about rinses? Sure. There's a, once again, there's a lot of different rinses out on the market. Um, you really want to make sure that you're using an alcohol-free mouth rinse. Um, good old Listerine is the kind of the gold standard for, for mouthwash. They make uh, an alcohol-free mouth rinse that actually they make one that has fluoride in it too. So that's really good at, at reducing the, the bacteria. Um, if that's too harsh, there's one called Biotene um, that's for, for a little bit more sensitivity. Um, there, there's a lot of different products out there. You kind of have to do, do your research. There's some tried and true, but really just ask your your Every hygienist and every doctor is going to have their couple favorites. Um, and thank you. But, uh, we also talked a little bit about flossing and um, those picks. That you sure. Do. So obviously we want people brushing twice a day for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of electric tooth- toothbrushes. I like a Sonicare toothbrush just because I see patients that have 
that toothbrush come back to their visits and tend to be pretty healthy. So that's why I like it. Um, as we get older, brushing and flossing is not enough. I'm sorry to say Ugh. it's, there's no free lunch. No. <laughs> so, uh, there's something called interdental picks. They look like little miniature Christmas trees or little miniature like pipe cleaner. Mm -hmm. And they're really effective at cleaning, um, in between your teeth and around the gums. Um, especially as we get older, we're more susceptible to, to gum disease and um, getting things stuck in our teeth and getting things stuck <laughs> in our teeth as we as we age it's just part of the deal yeah. um, and then there's some other things like uh, the periodontal gel is a, a way to fight the bad bacteria um, you can brush it on or you can have a custom tray and you can wear that tray for 15 minutes and that that kills bacteria that, that cause gum disease great well, this has been fascinating information, and um, I know you're going to make a difference with your following and your passion. Uh, thank you for your time. Some great advice, and really appreciate the knowledge um, from today. So to get more information with Dr. Davey, check out his website. It is drdavey.com. It's D-A-V-E-Y. We look forward to your next visit. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.